Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the final episode of this series of the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable. With me, Sean Phelan. This episode sees me chat to my good friend and editor of the Rugby Journal, Alex Mead, about what lies in store for grassroots rugby, the Lions, and Premiership for the remainder of this summer. But first, I have to thank the Swan Rooms at the Reeves, the home of Staines RFC, for sponsoring this episode. Two unique event spaces, both with fully licensed bars and a large outdoor area for any occasion or corporate function. For more information, email bookings at stainesrugby.com or follow rooms swan on instagram for all the information and a huge thanks to rugby store who have supported us right from the start of these shows for all your stash needs go to rugbystore.co.uk and use the promo code fybpod to save yourself 10 percent off your order now let's get to my chat with alex mead Hi everyone, and uh, welcome to the Philly Bruce Rugby Roundtable, the last one of the series. And this is actually take two with uh, my good friend Alex Mead from the Rugby Journal. We actually recorded this last week, but my pesky kids decided to ruin it all. So we're back. We're, we've decided we're, we're going to re-record. Uh, Alex, how are you, mate? Yeah, good. Yep, really good. Uh, got our latest issue off to print uh, at the weekend. Uh, it was a mammoth week uh, and a really big issue. So um, it was it was good and just enjoying this this little moment before the mag comes out next week. So it should be printed. It's literally printed yesterday. So we should get our we get our office copies like on Monday, and then it gets mailed out to everyone. So it will start hitting, and that's the most exciting time when you see the first person who posts a picture of it and. This one is awesome. So I'm really like the cover's amazing. I'm so excited about it. Well, we were just talking about off air about uh, the the demographic that has already pre pre purchased this. Uh, do you want to just yeah? Do you want to tell us how yeah, it's, why? It's, and... it's, a, it's a good issue. Like we got Lewis Three Samet and like um, he was a, a really nice guy. We shot him in Cardiff. I used to live in Cardiff, and so my rugby connections are back there really. And we shot him in this local brewery. And he's just such a nice local lad and you know he still goes home for tea uh, you know every day he's just so close to his family you know even when he like talks he's got this brilliant and it was the same when we did marcus smith because we did his first proper sit down as well they've got this i don't want to say innocence because that sounds patronizing but they're just an honesty about it when you asked his favorite player it was like nadolo because he's massive which is exactly <laughs> what the of us think can Sorry, the, the player he'd least like to play was Ndolo because he's massive. And his favourite player was Atkinson in Gloucester. Well, he was a good player, but it's just that it's his mates. He's so yeah. close to Gloucester. And, I, and that's when I feel like this Welsh rule will come in. Big up tangent. But he's going to, he might be forced to go back to play in Wales, which is such a shame because that Gloucester side, listening to him talk, they're so close. They're such a nucleus, the lads of a certain age who went through Hartbury, about eight players from his year at Hartbury signed for Gloucester, I think. And they're so tight. And it was such a shame for him to have to leave, to go back to Wales when Gloucester and Hartbury built him. You know, it's, it's such a shame. But yeah, anyway, um, 
even just when we, he put the cover up for us yesterday, which is this illustration side. Well, should we show? Should we show? Should we show? Yeah, show the cover. cover. Yeah, that's great. So if you haven't seen this already, this is just incredible. So that's I had this. He, he's just like a modern. He's like a superhero, and I had this idea: what a comic book story. Listening to what he's achieved, and he's just—he's fast, he's cool, he runs lines, he does all the exciting stuff, and he's this real down-to-earth lad. And he's got a cool name, you know, Zamit. You know, that's cool. It's a superhero. So I already had this idea of this picture book thing, and we spoke to our illustrator, and I wanted something typographical, and he had this idea of him running off the page to the back page as the lion. And the funny thing was, is we had all this plan for months. Um, but the Lions were announced on, I can't remember what day of the week it was, but uh, that was Wednesday, the, wasn't it? Or Wednesday or Thursday afternoon. Yeah, so this was the day after. So we're all like, please. We, we all knew that he had to be in, but you know, when you suddenly have doubts and someone says, oh, well, you know, maybe, you know, he, he, Gatlin didn't really know him, so maybe. And I said, he's got to be in. He's got to be in. And he was. But yeah, he's good. And, you know, we did. Uh, we've got Saracens in the next issue. Seven and a half thousand words we did on that because wow, we wanted to do. I, I I wanted to do a story in them in the championship, and I went and said, look, I basically want to speak to Lucy Ray, Mara Toje, Mark McCall, Jackson Ray. That was my four ones. So I figured, look, we've got the hero, the icon. We've got the guy who's the club guy who's been there forever. You've got you know Lucy Ray, obviously, and Mark McCall, and and. Um, they all, they, we had all of them and we spoke to all of them. We got loads of time. They were really open. Mark McCall was brilliant. Like Lucy was very honest about what they went through. Uh, Mark McCall, just the stuff he's done. Like they did a virtual matchup with the Crusaders. I mean, it's so cool. And like, we've got it all in the How does that work? Well, they set up a Zoom thing and they said, right, we're going to play the Crusaders. They rank, they, they've got a link, you know, like they've got links like with Melbourne Storm as well. And like, they kind of buddy up with them and they've been doing that for years but melbourne storm obviously went through the salary cap thing as well yeah and so actually they've been really close to those head coaches that have helped them on the psychological like whatever your opinion of it the players and the coaches is a hell of a time for them and um seeing what he did to try to keep them together was just quite inspirational and the day we were there as well in the weeks we spent the week talking to them and then we were there at the Amtil game. Just seeing the fans back was amazing. And, you know, seeing Alex come back and, you know, they had all their side. And, like, you know, you want to see those players in the Premiership. You want to see them back. Absolutely. I hope they get up. Um, they were very keen to, like, they were so paranoid about talking to them. Look, we're Ealing are a good side. Ealing, we're standing in the Premiership. We're not. They were so worried about talking to them. They wanted to make it sound like, hey, we're back. But they were brilliant. And um, so the Crusaders thing was he basically – they set up how they would play against Saracens and Saracens did the same. And then they All had, right. a, they had a composite, like a, they got the two, four fly halves. So Richie Munger against Owen Farrell and then Bullapola against, don't know what the second choice fly half is at Crusader, sorry. Um, and they got Jamie George and the, and um, one of the other young hookers and all of those guys and the attack coach from either side, defense coach and had like a zoom battle. I mean, brilliant, isn't it? Oh, even, yeah. even when Saracens aren't are playing in the championship, they're preparing for Amp Hill, they're playing against Crusaders in like the ultimate fantasy rugby. Well, that uh, just shows the mindset, the mindset of the best clubs in the world. You know, they get to they want to do stuff that is totally outside the box, but it's you know, they, completely different as well. And if they don't go up, like 
there's part of them that's going to enjoy being in the championship. Like he said, the worst, Mark McCall was like, and even Jackson Ray was like, we're a bit disappointed we didn't get to do the thing. It's like we were totally yeah. up for like these long, you know, Saracens were known for their socials and the fact that they, they were going to have a really big deal of the bus trips. We're going to stay in the bar afterwards and like, Sound like they're basically going to get pissed every Saturday night, you know, like, <laughs> like, no, like normal rugby folk. Well, that's that's what it is, and and I, and I think they're they're all really gutted they didn't get to do that, and obviously they want to go up now, and yeah. you know they're going to go up, and there's going to be, you know, they, they they they're going to be points to prove. There's been a lot of people, but I think generally, COVID has been a bit of a leveler, and um, I mean, I'd still want to be a fly on the wall in those Premiership owner meetings, but. The reality is, is that everyone's had bigger problems to deal with. So sure. I think that's probably helped kick things off. But um, but yeah, no, there's lots in there. And Simi Pam, the Bristol Bears thing, we, we'd already spoke to her like about ages ago. Um, and we'd done the shoot months ago. And then we spoke to her again after she was attacked recently. So we literally had that as well. So that story there is very raw. We got that in there. Exodus Youth Women, we spent the last few months talking to their players. You know their scrum, scrum half uh, Patricia is like amazing. She's she goes to like South America in like poor villages and towns. She's in prisons coaching rugby on her own. It's like a wow. support team of a few people, but she literally goes to Chilean prisons coaching rugby because she just she started at eighteen and loves it so much. Like and it yeah. it's great to see because like you know like a lot of us like. You know, I played as a kid and that lot, and and you love it, and you appreciate it now. You've had it taken away, but she discovered, and she, it's just shaped her whole life around it. And that Exeter Chiefs team have achieved so much this year in coming straight out of the blocks and beating your likes of Saracens and Harlequins and those guys yeah. straight away. And I just think they've done an amazing job. Um, got Alex King, we've got Romanian, the, the Romanian refugee who was playing against Scotland in the late 80s and legged it from the hotel to claim asylum. And then <laughs> it all kicked off with Ceausescu when he went back and six of the guys died as a part of the, wow. part of the conflict. And it was just horrific. And then he ended up staying. And I think he was, um, there's all sorts of stories around him. So we cover those because I think Sean Lenin was one of the guys who was supposed to have helped him, but like hide him and this sort of stuff. But there's, there's myths and stuff. I'm not saying that's true, but like, there's lots of stories around him. Uh, Bay of Plenty, when 2004, when they were coached by Vern Cotter and Joe Schmidt, uh, that was their big break, and they won the round Furley Shield. Um, that's a good one. Nomads, who are the precursor to the Women's Barbarians, who were this great tour inside. Lots of stories about lots of current um, female DORs doing things in McDonald's late at night on the list. <laughs> Very respectable ones, though, but I'll leave that to you. And... Our usual call, Russell Earnshaw, pretending to be Warren Gatlin and saying what he would do. Um, yeah, lots. And Apollo Perellini as well. And actually, the funny thing is, is um, the two features came about completely separately because one of them was Israel against UAE, which was like obviously a key fixture a few months ago. It was the first time it had been between two yeah. organizations such as that, uh, so countries such as that. And um, but we'd done Israel before. We'd been to the kibbutz in Israel and how rugby had started that in a previous issue. So we started chatting to Apollo um, and why he went to UAE. Because at the time, he'd been in rugby league and had like smashed it as a coach, had all these offers on the table and decided to go to Dubai. 
and he's basically built rugby there and he's been doing a great job we talked to him about the 91 because he was like the guy who hospitalized three welsh players um and then also in the same issue again came together separate as mark ring who was the welsh um and cardiff and ponty uh, sort of fly half and center and actually he was the fly half in that game and oh, that, wow. that ended his career and it's there's all like trolling in the 1990s is, is there it's it's a, it's a his story is amazing and another one who's so passionate i spoke to, I, i'm again it was in shot in cardiff and i chatted to him for like three hours and every 10 minutes he was jumping up to talk to coach me like just say how would you hold the ball how would you do this and he was just, but it's just really passionate rugby people um so even if you don't like the teams or the players they're just they're, there's lots of great guys in there as well so yes yeah, so it's a really good issue so exciting to get it out and see what everyone thinks excellent well look go 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 and buy it for sure uh I'll, my copy will arrive once uh once it's uh being sent out to everybody um so look how has the last 12 months been for you uh, and the magazine? Yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. Um, uh, you know, we're an independent publisher. We like basically fund this ourselves from the beginning. There's like three of us. Um, and it's a mixture of my passion for rugby, my colleague's passion for print. Um, and the thing is that you, you lose straight away stuff like um, the newsstand, because obviously WH Smith, Sure. Travel isn't anything that's really alive and kicking. The high street's not so great anymore anyway. So really you're in airports and train stations and that disappeared. But that meant we refocused and actually, I don't know, I, I, it's very difficult. I get, I'm coming from a position, but you know, our main job, Sporting Eric, which is the company, we're all about digital marketing. And so whilst I'm saying, yes, that's brilliant, come to us, that's awesome. But there's something nice about the print side now. And I think... Yes, it's tangible. You can hold it. You can feel it. It's, you can put it on the table. You can. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's you can feel it. It's like having that CD. It's like having the vinyl, isn't it? it? You want to feel it rather than just having it in your ears. And it's it's just the photography. Like we we obviously ran the rugby photography of the year competition last year. We've had to delay it because the exhibition because um, it's going to be the winning entries are going to be at the World Rugby Museum because that's been closed. And people haven't been able to get pictures of rugby. We've had to delay the second year, but that's going to kick off soon. Um, but you want those pictures to be in print because you don't yeah. want it to, you know, it's like, you know, we have a problem. I don't know about you. You've got, you've got kids. We know you've got kids. I've heard your kids. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, you, you forget to print stuff out sometimes and they're all on your phone and yeah, you yeah. want to see them, you know, like even if you just printed it out make fridge magnets you know like and that's why i feel these this photography should should do you know it's a, there's something nice about it and like we did a big story in richmond ages ago and i bumped into one of the guys who happened to read it two nights ago and he was saying how much he loved it because we've done so much history and it was like 12 pages about his club and it just it just captured it um, uh, people hold on, you know, yeah. correction on a shelf. Yeah, uh, well, I, you know, I, I, I'm a big collector of rugby programs, so it's having that. Yeah. It's going. It's having that that thing to remind you of where you were that day, or yeah. reading that story, seeing that photograph in the magazine. It's the same thing. I love having a CD. I'd much rather buy a CD or or, a, or an LP than yeah. 
spend money on on Spotify or Apple. It's just that that is what it, that's my personal feeling. We we we, we did um. You know, I wanted this, this Lewis Reed Sandler thing. I wanted it to be a piece of art. You know, I'll probably get the illustrator to sign some, and we'll give them away. But like, my favourite cover. So apologies for all the other covers. Like, was <laughs> when we did a grassroots special, and actually our next issue was a grassroots special. So um, I'll come on to that. Like, was when we did the wheelie bin, and I basically yeah, said, yeah. I love that. We were going to all different shoots around the country, all different clubs, because you know. Most of our weekends are really at grassroots clubs, not at the premiership. Um, and we said, look, I want you to capture grassroots rugby, but I don't want a rugby, I don't want rugby action in there, not even a player. It does, you know, I want something, and I don't want another, sound bad, because you'll see lots of people, I don't want another huddle. You know, we see lots of huddles, we yeah. see lots of grip shirt. I said, I want something different. And at Chinna, um, they've got this um, wheelie bin. It just says mud only and that encapsulated it so it was on the front cover so you, you can still get it if you go to the rugby journal shop and yeah, yeah. i just thought that's it that's the image um because everyone's got that in their clubhouse uh, an old wheelie bin that's either used for ice baths or you know whatever it is mud only scrawled across it and i thought that just encapsulates our sport you know Big time. muddy is so much fun um <laughs> and you forget it you know like the little joys of rugby was running around. My, my son's five and we do like minis and just that joy of running around just because. Yeah. Whereas now, you've got to stretch stretch off for half an hour, put your right gear on and they just run and get muddy. Yeah. Like, that's what we're allowed to do for 80 minutes. We're allowed to be kids again and run around yeah. and get muddy and get involved in handbags and have squabbles and then have a laugh afterwards, which is exactly what children do. Yeah, so exactly. I feel the same. Like my, my, my four year old boy does rugby tots and just seeing the, the, the elation on his face while, when he's running down the track and he's waving his arms, but he's scoring tries. And it's just like, that gives me more pleasure than stretching, warming up, putting boots on. It just, I, yeah. I just see it from that, but yeah, see it from the exact same perspective that you do. I just want to be free. Like I can't wait to go and play again to mm. have that moment of joy and elation that that our, that our kids get when they're just running around. That 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 is yeah. a massive, and that's a massive thing that I know I've missed over the last last it, uh, fifteen months. And it's like soft place. It's like I've ordered like so. Well, we do work with Rhino. We do Rhinos a bit with Rhino on their marketing side. And because uh, I've taken over as coach at my club, and which is Southgate uh, in North London, and I've ordered a load of stuff, and I'm so excited about all it. It's soft play. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the soft play. My, my dad was our coach at, uh, at the club I'm at now, Rachel Decker. He was the captain. He was the chief cook and bottle washer as well. So we had the pads in, in, in the shed. And we would get them out in the garden, and that was our soft play. It's not it, that was that was my memories of jumping on the big rhino tackle bags, the big tall cylinders. Yeah, yeah. That, that is exactly exactly feel the same way. The kids love it, and even though the little ones aren't doing contact, we we just bring the bags in for. We do floor is lava assault courses. Yeah. We do cross the river where. They try to get across. The parents are throwing the balls at them. So <laughs> not sure if the development officers should be listening. And then we've got to use the donut to roll across like an Indiana Jones thing. Nice, so, yeah. And it, it's just brilliant. But it's 
it's you know that's that's kind of what it's about it's that sort of fun and i think everyone's missed that and like um i think i i personally i've really enjoyed the, one of the reasons i've kind of got back and coach my i still run the vets but my hamstring means i can't really play much but i'll still play as much as i can for the vets and um but just being out there coaching the guys again has has been amazing and i think it's really important because well, depending if you say you're lucky or not, but we've been locked down with our families. You know, we, we're lucky that we're lucky. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't always feel like it, but yeah, yeah. I've got like my this has been a take two shows. Yeah. My my daughter's eighteen months and my son's like nearly five, and um, it, I've been very grateful to have had the time, especially as a, my job before took a lot of travel to have that with them. Um, but other people haven't. And there's young lads in our team who are like in their twenties who are living on their own, all the stuff they can't do. The rugby club is so important to them. And like, it, it has been for me in the past. I moved around a lot, but wherever I went, I, I mean, I played for probably like 15 different rugby clubs just cause you look for the local rugby club and you know, yeah. on a Saturday night you're sorted, which when you're on your own and you're single, that's really important. The Saturday night is the one night where you feel you're, you know, I don't know, you know what I mean? Because like the Friday night, I know what you, you, mean, yeah. you might have Friday night, you might have work colleagues and stuff, but Saturday night, I think people on their own probably feel more alone than any time. Um, and I think the rugby club is really important. And we've said, we're just going to carry on training through uh, just to keep it, keep it going. And uh, like I said, our next issue, we're going to be a grassroots special. And we want, you know, we're after clubs to tell us their stories as well, but clubs, need to work out i think we, we, we've discussed before but like what makes them special and yeah. sell that to the rest of the, the, their, their area because you know i'm from devon and the rugby clubs are the beating heart and they're all linked to the town not just you know people come to say our club's great um, um our club's great we've got um uh we've got sort of um uh you know, we've got this many kids or we've got this many things. And that's not what it's about. It's not yeah. about having the biggest mini section or having this. It's about what it means to that community. And if you don't have those players, it's like it could be you look at Ebervale where, you know, once upon a time, that was a village of hundreds of people and steel came and transformed it to a town of 40,000, you know, and you, you've got that all the way across the world where it's linked my hometown. They're called the fishermen. It's all linked to the fishing industry that's the stories people want to know about. And that's what we're interested yeah. in. We've done, you know, we did a feature on Bourneville RSC and their links to Capri's. We've done stuff on Hartlepool and the docks. And it's as much about the area and the people um, course, as everything yeah. else. And, you know, I've, and it's a really important time for rugby now. You know, I think this, yeah. this, this summer is really, really important for us to gather our people once again and, and it's, like, it's probably the, it's the it's the ultimate summer isn't it and going back to sort of telling the, the stories of Bourneville and stuff like that like my club Rachel Decker is you know we, we, we've got a company name as our as our club but the company actually hasn't been a company for 30 years almost with you know we're the only surviving part of that that name and that brand you know some of it went to Vodafone some of it went to to other other companies um and we've got, you know, our story, our, you know, Decca being the, the the record label that famously turned down the Beatles in the six, early 60s and ended up signing the Rolling Stones. And, Decca is. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, so Raikul Raikul is uh, Raikul was a radar, like a, a naval radar company, mm. which merged with Decca, which was part. And Decca was part of the Decca Records family. It merged together. Uh, some of it became Vodafone. Some of it went on to be other things. But yeah, we're the only we're the only surviving thing with that name. You know, the original ground is gone. The the um, you know, we play out of a out of a university, but we train in a park, and we've we haven't had a clubhouse for thirty years. But you know, and we haven't had a presence in our in our local area. But in, until this year, where we're actually we're going to put some effort into it and get back involved and show that these we are still here and you know that type of thing. I think is as you said, it's the ultimate summer for rugby right now. We've got a Lions tour. So what does what does a summer look like for for Southgate? Well, we, 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 we've got our AGM in a couple of weeks, so we'll see what happens. But we've just said we're going to carry on through. And I'm trying to just mix it up. Like, I've been speaking to the local boxing club, spoken to the swimming club, saying, look, can the boys come down and do this? Just a, I don't want to make it hardcore. I don't want to make it – it's too long for pre-season. You know, if you're, you're carrying them through, um, bring different coaches, just carry on, making sure that, you know, I don't believe in training going on for hours. You know, when yeah. you're just chatting on a field for two hours, I just think get the session done in like under an hour and a half, you know, which takes in you're messing around, then go and have a beer and make that beer like a regular thing because yeah. you might not want to do it, but somebody might want it, you know, and yeah. I think I think that's the important thing. Uh, our mini section, we're hopeful that it's going to be our first, you know, that we've never had a mini section and it's just the fact that my three or four of us had kids at the same time that's been growing and we put it was only went to our local park actually because we used to be a bit hidden because our ground's like a cricket ground and they were kind of behind the trees we went to the local park and started training right next to where the football was and people started to drift off because the football was really serious yeah there was no fun you didn't hear any laughter and we just you know we're doing like you know sort of tag bulldog if you like and we're getting the guys who are running across like like a brave heart start you know when you've got mel gibson going up and down and you're getting them to do this and just all of our moves and all of our stretches are about you know superheroes and and half the stuff i try to actually integrate to the adults because we're playing merit table rugby you know yeah, yeah, yeah. if yeah it's you want to win it's nice to win but it's not about the winning because otherwise you can't be accessible you know we've got some very strong local people we've got saracen's original club around the corner who are really strong as well and you know you you can play a high level very easily by going around the corner if you want to so focus on other things so i think that i think trying to bring in other sports just trying to keep everyone together and really get ourselves in a bit more known in the community, make the most of the Lions, you know. Yeah. Um, I think the Lions has got a huge job this this summer. Um, I think they need to really find ways to engage um, the clubs because that's going to be a gathering point for everyone. You know, I think having those tests and, you know, you, you obviously got to be the as well, but quite the same, but, you know, the Lions is the one sport that goes above and beyond transcends our sport a little bit yeah we don't have too many things to do that or individuals you know you know we talk about this potential in some of these individuals like lewis and that transcend our sport but um you know marotojes but they're, they're 
there are individuals there that can really yeah. could really come to the fore that you know could be you know seeing lewis and he's a big, he's a big six or something but he's not a big big lad right? but seeing him cut those lines through big south africans you know you know seeing a todger as like a, a leader on the field and just an inspiration everywhere there's so many players there who could come to the fore um and we've got to be able to capture that and you know as clubs we should be trying to make most of it making big events around as well hopefully the line will help us with whatever they put on the soccer field because you know we engage with them because of like everyone talks about 97 because of the living with the lions because it was what we do you know yeah. sort of the same relationship This summer sees the British and Irish Lions tour to South Africa. And here at Philly Boots, we have teamed up with Canterbury to bring you a series of special episodes celebrating the incredible clubs who have had legendary Lions players come through the ranks throughout the years. In our special series, the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable, Lions Origins Clubs, presented by Canterbury. We will have nine special episodes, one on each Lions match day, celebrating just a few of these incredible clubs. There will be plenty of prizes along the way too. And hopefully a few special guests popping up on these shows as well. Keep an eye on all our social channels for all the information. And a massive thanks to Canterbury for supporting this series. It was it was the it was the transition between the amateur era and the professional era, wasn't it? Yeah. It was that first that first tour that was and it was captured on video, which was which helps because that means mm -hmm. that we can always fall back on it. Like I'm not 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 name, name dropping, but I was talking to Jim Telfer yesterday, and he said exactly that. He said if it wasn't for the video, the Lions would probably be dead. Yeah. If it wasn't for that '97, that living with the Lions in '97, it would probably be dead because yeah. the brand wasn't going anywhere, but it needed a shot in the arm, and now that video lives forever. And now yeah. they try they try and replicate it every year or every time, and. It, whilst it's probably a bit watered down, but it's created, the, the brand is now 10 times bigger because of what happened in 97. And the fact it was all. And they, I think they have to bear that in mind, the importance of it. And I think there are a lot of pressures on, you know, we know this just likes to argue amongst itself and there's too many, you know, everything gets squeezed and, you know, whether it's the clubs versus country and, you know, it, it is it is an amazing thing it's fantasy rugby but it is that off-field thing because we see those people in our daily in our clubs you know yeah and the reality is, is none of those videos have been anywhere near as good as the lions and you hope that the lions take the shackles off a bit because we know it's a corporate beast we know it makes a lot of money and there's no fans at this time so we've got to really play for the fans at home and that's going to really come down to the content that goes to that. You know, yeah. Really open up in the same way that Eddie Jones did with the England videos. He's done a great Yeah, the, 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 the stuff that they've been, they put out during the World Cup and, and over the Six Nations and then the, the Red Roses did it. And I don't know if you've seen the, the uh, Mission Impossible, the Sevens uh, series that they've been putting out as well. Getting into those camps, I think yeah. that, that they're absolutely superb oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, it, get, it gets a it gets a glimpse into the into the bubble, and yeah, let's face it, the Lions are going to be in a in a bubble. We want to see what goes on in that. What how are they making it fun? We want to see Bobby do the Bobby Cup, and we want to see the dice like we saw with Zebo and having to ring the 
the the the the head coach to tell him he wants to be the captain. We want to see all that, but hopefully, hopefully the the, the sort of corporate side of it will just be re relaxed a little bit because they're not going out, they're not doing all the corporate functions. They're going to be in a hotel room. They're going to be all together. So hopefully, we will get to see some of that. And I think we need to. I definitely think we need to. Yeah. Do you no, think? I... Do you think? Do you think if the Lions hadn't gone ahead this year, then the brand would be dead? Because as you said, you just said a minute ago, it's been squeezed and squeezed and squeezed. And it's, it's, it's one of those things, I this, it's, it's, a, it's a big question, but it's one of those things that gets... It does, and I think the, the problem is, is that the game is not connected. And, you know, we see the debate about relegation and promotion, and I am 100% you need to get relegated and promoted. I am 100%. 100%, yeah, yeah. Not, and the problem is, is we see people debate on Twitter, and you're like... And someone was said yesterday, oh, it's good to have a balanced view. It's like, well, the reason there's not a balanced view is because everyone disagrees with it. You can't yeah, yeah. All the journalists are paid to give their opinion, 90% of them. And I just think most of the clubs who've been down, when they've come back up, you've got ones that disappeared that shouldn't have gone up. You know, London Welsh, there was some yeah. things that happened there that shouldn't have. And, but when you, you look at the overall thing, you want to say, well, surely it's better to build audiences in different places. You know, yeah, yeah. you want you know, Coventry got three and a half thousand in National One. Like, there's potential there. Cornish Pirates, we know what yeah. they can do. They've yeah. got a big backer. They're building a stadium. I personally want to see Cornish Pirates against Exeter Chiefs. That would be amazing because the yeah, reality, it'd be huge. What a, what, a, what a derby that would be. Most of the fans definitely would have supported whoever went up out of Plymouth, Cornish Pirates, and Exeter back in the day because our nearest club was Bath before then. You grew up yeah. in the whole of the southwest was Bath's feeder area. Cornish Pirates, you'd want to see, you know, you feel like Doncaster, there's potential there. And, you know, what they should do is sit down with those clubs and have a say, okay, guys, show us your five year business plan to get into the Premiership. Yeah. Just have a cup, but they don't, they don't seem to talk. They just seem to let's shut off because, you know, maybe Exeter Chiefs don't want Cornish Pirates to go up because, well, actually, there's a lot of Cornish people there. We've got an academy in Truro. So what happens there? There's, yeah. it, it, you know, there's lots of debates, but ultimately, and this three-year thing, the problem is what clubs do in the championship is they wait until they see sense blood, right, to invest in their squad. So if Leicester got relegated, they would not be saying, hey, guys, let's pump tons of money into our squad because Leicester are too strong. Yeah. They got 20,000 pounds or whatever. They got, they, there's no point. But if Worcester come down, they'd say, maybe. But they would send, put money into the squad and build it. How would you get someone to invest in your team if they said, well, actually, why am I investing? Because there's no promotion. Oh, yeah, but they said they're going to let us in in three years. You think, would you believe that? No, no, no sure. You can't build a business plan on an objective that can't be achieved. If it's physical, and, and that's what the investor would see. They would say, well, okay, I could give you 10 million quid, but you can't guarantee to me that you can get promoted because not even because you, you can't build a good enough team, but because these guys might not let you. So yeah. the three-year thing is a nonsense. Um, I just think people need to talk and let's do a proper audit. Let's speak to everyone. Let's say, okay, how many clubs have we got? Like, in my view, I think Coventry, I think Cornish Pirates, we know Ealing are ambitious. Um, Jersey. You've got Jersey, you've got Doncaster. There's lots of, there's lots of potential there. And why are there limitations anyway? Who's, who's it for? Because if they were creating all these minimum standards, in order to make the thing profitable, it's not bloody work, does it? Because only well, Exeter. And you know, Exeter's main sponsor is Southwest Comms, who's Tony Rose company. So you know, you've got to like 
No, for sure. And uh, you, th you think when Northampton went down 15 years ago, the year after they went, they won the league. And Harlequins. When Harlequins went down two years later, they win the league. Harlequin, in Mark, you know, I know Mark Evans is sort of is like one of the big persons about um, against relegation. Um, and but he was with Harlequins at the time. But then I remember him being very vocal at the time when they were near the bottom. And I was just thinking, well, if your side wasn't there, then. But I just think all the models are being used. People keep saying everyone's comparing it to football. Nobody's comparing it to football. No. All of us, if we're comparing it to anyone, we're comparing it to France. And we're just saying that maybe the championship hasn't been given the support. It's not just about giving a club X amount of money. It's showing them how to market. Has that product yeah. been marketed? Have you ever seen an amazing show reel from the championship that just shows it so exciting, so sexy? Kind of like what BT did recently with the Allianz Premier 15s. You know, yeah. they did. They did it was the showcase for that for that event. That's going. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll, they'll pick up next year. You need active marketing where they can say, This is what's exciting. And you know, you want to build new audiences and look at the towns that you've got. You know, why would you? I think the audiences are there though, aren't they? If you said the comment, you know, commentary are getting three and a half thousand in a national one, there's there's yeah. demand there. There's there's that's already demand. That's in a city where they've got wasps. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think it's also being reasonable, it's also being sensible and saying, Well, what does professionalism look like? What are the objectives? But do you know what we can't debate about it because the problem is is that cdc are bought in and you don't know what their plans are and really long-winded way of answering your question about the lines cvc are the key to it all because it's what they're thinking you know they've got so yeah. much control now what are they going to do and we i brought this up when i chat to lucy ray and i think you know she thinks they've got some amazing ideas and they've done some lots of great stuff but they everything's on hold because of covid so you know it's like it's like anything there are common sense solutions like everyone wants a rugby channel yeah of course that makes total sense we're all bored of having 25 packages but if they have one rugby channel then that's a monopoly and therefore yeah, yeah. How, you don't get as much money and eventually what well, great rugby channel they're going to charge you 10 quid a month i'll do that everyone will do that but then eventually it gets tied up and goes up and up and then you end up paying more yeah. because they've got to make the money back and they're bringing all these things in the premiership wouldn't necessarily get as much money because there isn't a bidding war and all this sort of stuff. So there, there are easy solutions, but it's not about us fans, and it's not it's it's about the organisations that are trying to make money off them. And you know that's going to be the issue with CBC. So, so here's, here's another question based on based sort of on that. Then, if Ealing win the two-legged playoff against Saracens to go into the premiership, do they bring Saracens up anyway and, and turn the turn it into a fourteen-team league or thirteen-team league? I don't like, do they just is it or if the other way around do they just say to Elin this is how much it's going to cost you to come up and make it 14 team and shut down I think it's totally plausible that we're going to sit, uh, see a 14 team um, sort of premiership anyway because they just might bring both of them up and then shut the door you know and you know but is, is Ealing is Ealing no I'm not Ealing don't have the greatest fan base in the world and I know that they would have to move to QPR which I think is their plan if, if they go up How, is it sustainable for them to even come up? Who knows I mean Ealing uh, they are very professionally run they seem to be good at buying in people the right sort of people um, if they do the marketing right you know why not? You know, but they're in a competitive, a competitive area with London Irish with a beautiful new stadium, 
fans buying tickets out the door. You've got Harlequins down the road, fans coming out their ears. Saracen's not far. Yeah. Geographically, yes, it's a challenge, but also London's a massive place. And actually where, you know, they are obviously pretty close to um, to Brentford, uh, where they are right now. Um, They'd be moved, as far as I know, they they would be moving to QPR if that yeah. is. But, or do they move? To, or do they come to the stoop and sort of share facilities with Harlequins? No, or I don't, know, I don't think that would work at all. I think they're going to have. They would. If, if, I, 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 to be honest, I don't know what Ealing's, Ealing's plans are, but I certainly feel look, they're professional. If they've got the right people, then you know that they've got an owner who's got deep pockets. Um, I remember having a conversation with. Dick Evans years ago, years ago, or Phil, or some kind of Cornish Pirates, and someone said, well, you know, after he's, this has changed now, so this is not true now, but someone said, well, for 50 years after they're gone, we've got, still got the same funding, or however many years, and if, should you be thinking anyway, if they, if they think they can sustain it for five years, and isn't that good enough for anyone? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't think the rules, why, why can't we have uh, those clubs up at the top? You know, what if they've got whatever stadium they've got, if they if it can be sustainable for them. You know, we've had issues with other clubs that are up there at the moment that have never gone down that might not be able to go back up because the criteria fit them. Yeah. So I think we I think we whatever model we've built for this sport doesn't work at the moment. And I don't but I don't think I certainly don't think relegation uh, coming out of it is gonna help it because we can't see another rugby example. Like yeah. super rugby died a death. And, you know, we know everyone's opinion of the sort of the pro 14, um, you know, very mixed reviews there as well. And you just... Well, they've had to create their own, almost create their own two-league structure, haven't they? By, I know they play in conferences, but what they need to do is turn it into two divisions of the yeah. of the best and the best play the best and then they fight it, in to play the best. It made no sense to me when they did the Premiership Cup a few years ago when the Welsh left it. It's like, why did you not tie together the Championship? Who doesn't want us? Just they could have done it as a testing ground. If I was, you know, I'd have said, you know what, let's get the Championship and the Premiership together, just so we can show how far ahead we are. Like, if yeah. I was being brutal, you yeah, know, yeah. yeah, sure, sure. Well, okay, okay, you guys, you, you uh, people who want relegation, you've wanted Cornish Pirates against Exeter. Let's put you on the same field and let's see what happens. And do, just do it. I'd be obviously, you know. Um, facetious there, but like that's why didn't they? Every fan, who wanted to see the Premiership Cup? Nobody. Nobody wanted to see their sides put a slightly different team out for a competition they didn't really care about. At least the Anglo-Welsh club, there was a bit of interest and who wouldn't want to see Bedford against Northampton, uh, Cornish Pirates against, you know, Wasps against Coventry, you know, like you've got these great games and you're, you're denying it and um the reality is we haven't gone to a franchise model so you can't r- relate it where there are too many ties and it's very hard for rugby to switch look in wales when you know the whole debate over cardiff and blues has never ever gone away and even mark ring in our latest issue just says it was always so insane putting cardiff and the valleys together because there was always such animosity and now they've gone back to cardiff so yeah yeah, yeah. You know, it's very difficult because ultimately, like so many things, all, it was all the decisions that were made so long ago, or decisions that weren't made that has paved the way for where we are now. But it's in, it's in the lap of the CVC gods, unfortunately. And let's, let's just hope, hope that all of the groundswell of opinion against it and 
having seen the Super League thing, they realise that's the problem and not, you know, the problem is, is sorry, they realise the problem is more to do with how the, the product is marketed and promoted rather than relegation or promotion because, you know, whatever anyone says, you know, that Newcastle result is synonymous. And yes, I know Newcastle had previously been destroyed, but they changed their side because they adapted. And you look at some of the Worcester fans on social media and they're brilliant. They want relegation promotion because they've seen their side not bother. something. And yes, and like you said, the Twitter's are going around in circles. One result, this is why you need, this is why these games matter. Oh, but this one doesn't count. Only that result last week counts, not this week. So, you know, the reality is I think I think most fans want relegation and promotion. So that's why the, the argument is one-sided, because everyone believes that. So I just hope they do it, because I want to see Cornish Pirates against Exeter, personally. That's, that's you know, <laughs> I want to see Devon against Cornwall, because that's you, that would just be amazing, you know? Yeah. That's the dream. Um, and that's what sport was about, isn't it? All those dreams. Yes. Well, look, do you know what? That's a perfect sort of sentence to, to end on, I think. But, uh, sport is about dreams. Um, no, I, I really appreciate you giving up some more time um, to, to <laughs> chat to me again. Um, we, are, we ask everyone this, and, and this is uh, sort of aimed at the grassroots side of the game, but give us one hope and one fear for, for the game in the next 12 months, or even, just, to be honest, just the summer. What do, what do you hope from the game? In the, over the summer i'm so excited about scrums i'm, I'm a lot scrums coming back and because you know i've had forwards whinging at me on a weekly basis and i miss it too like you miss yeah. it you miss it because it's that's the nitty-gritty of it and even as a back you'll probably miss the space from it and i just hope we are allowed to go back to proper grassroots rugby and proper grassroots rugby you don't get any more muddier than when you you're, you know you're in your malls and your and your scrums and your driving line outs and things <laughs> i really hope the proper game returns and i hope the clubs really take the opportunity for the lions and think like break your seasons go all the way through be there and build something special and try to get everyone else involved try that hopefully the lions will give us something to piggyback on um and we can make up for what was potentially a lost generation of players and you know retain them and make it about don't make it about winning anymore just make it about getting bums in seats getting people in training and you know having fun with friends again um so yeah so just hopeful for a season of, of grassroots rugby coming back with force and um some scrum time yeah absolutely look absolutely brilliant i really appreciate it thanks uh, go go and buy the magazine uh Go on to just tell us where they can find the magazine. Uh, yeah, if you go to the rugby journal, rugbyjournal.com, you'll find us on all the channels and you're going to subscribe. And it's um, nine pounds a quarter. And it's got about 80,000 words of beautifully written copy in a beautiful coffee table journal that, you know, is. I love, we're trying to make the stories about everyone, you know. And if, you, if you're a grassroots rugby club that's got a great story, whether it's your history or whatever it is, you know, get in touch with us and share it. Cause like next issue is going to be a real celebration of grassroots rugby. So um, do get in touch and share your ideas with us. So thanks Absolutely. for Absolutely. So yeah, let's, uh, let's do that. You know, just even if you need to send me a message, I can pass it on to Alex. Yep. Definitely just, just, uh, just get in touch. Look, thank you everyone. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you for listening for over the last sort of 10, uh, almost 11 months uh, that we've been doing this. I think we were up to, 
49 episodes. Uh, thanks to Rugby Store for, for supporting us the whole way through. Thanks to the Swan Rooms at Staines uh, more recently. Um, thanks to Canterbury. You've got to keep, keep an eye out. We're doing nine special episodes with the Lions Origins Clubs. Um, one on each match day. So, you know, there's still more stuff to come and then we'll decide whether whether this uh, makes sense to continue uh, later on this summer. But I really appreciate everyone that's listened and sent messages and got involved. And yeah, so look after yourselves and we'll, uh, we'll see you down the road. Cheers. Thanks, John. A huge thanks to Alex for joining me on this final episode. I really want to thank everyone who has been a guest on this show, from John Layfield, Ugo Monia, Austin Healy, Bruce Aitchison, Chris Robshaw, Tim Visser, and so many more. But more importantly, to the clubs that have been involved and shared their experiences over the last 11 months. Uh, it's been a great experience, and I cannot thank everyone enough who has watched, downloaded, got involved, and given up their time to be a part of this. We will see what the future holds as to whether it comes back next season. Uh, but let us know if, if you do want it to come back and you want to be involved, then please just let us know. In the meantime, please catch our special series on the on the British and Irish Lions Origins Clubs, which will begin on the 26th of June uh, as the Lions go, head on their tour to South Africa. And that's with our great friends at Canterbury. So please check that out. And a massive thank you to the Swan Rooms at Staines RFC and for Rugby Store for believing in this show. Uh, thank you all so much. Uh, I've been Sean Phelan and you've been listening to the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable.